Do you actually have to be on cocaine to be on this podcast? What's up, everybody? You're listening to yet another edition of Cocaine Willie. I am your commissioner, Bob Trollsby, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, the good chef Andre Napier and Fireball Matt Marchesini. Tonight, the Wildcats are coming off of a very lopsided 59-25 victory over the Baylor Bears, and we are facing a KU team this weekend who is looking to rebound after a close loss to Texas Tech in the 121st edition of the Sunflower Showdown. To help us preview the Hawks this year, we have now recurring guest, Braden Turner of the Ain't No Seats podcast. Braden, it's awesome to have you back. Uh, hopefully we won't have any random uh, people replying to or reviewing our podcast saying they don't want you to, to be a guest again. <laughs> recurring guest, I love that. Um, it was fun last year and I was hoping you guys had me on again. So I'm very appreciative. And like I said, I had a lot of fun doing this last year for the game in Manhattan. So I'm really, really glad you guys had me on again. Yeah, we we enjoyed it too, and and I think fortunately this game is not being played Thanksgiving week this year, so we might actually have more than five people listen to it this year, which would be, which would be nice. Awesome. Well, we'll get into kind of what I want to chat with you about first and foremost is we didn't really talk as much about this last year, but but from 121st edition of the Sunflower Showdown, this this game's been played for a long time, and and it's one of the four games that the Big Twelve decided to protect as a protective rivalry in the next four years in this new iteration of the big 12 with, with four pack 12 teams coming. So I guess from your perspective, what does this rivalry mean to you? I mean, you've, you've been a KU fan your entire life. We've all been K-State fans our entire lives, but uh, I don't think we often hear from KU fans directly of, of what the rivalry means to them. We hear about it from the basketball perspective, but maybe not as much from the football perspective, but I just want to throw it over to you. What does this matchup and this rivalry mean to you as an individual? And and how do you think this matchup is different from years past? Yeah, I obviously love it. Um, get up for it. Every, every sport, basketball, football, obviously since Missouri left, especially um, I, I want to beat you guys so bad. It's been 15 years. I think all of our fans hopefully feel the same way. I think it's different. Just I think KU's improved in every aspect on the defensive side, special teams a little better. Um, just another year under the staff, and the staff's really good. So it's only an eight-point spread, so hopefully it's a tight game. I have no idea what's going on at quarterback right now. Um, but I think I think it'll be a closer matchup than years past. I think Snyder would always kick our ass. Um, so the games really haven't been competitive. There was the one in Manhattan like four years ago maybe where it was tight. It was a weird game. KU broke off a run late. There's a holding call. Um, that's like the only tight game for a while. So love to see a competitive game. Um, yeah, has it's been since 08 or 09, I think 08. So it would be great to just compete, maybe win. It's in Lawrence, who knows. But I'm, I'm obviously excited. Like I said, I get up for all these games. Oh, it was my freshman year, which kind of dates me a little bit. But um, overall, KU's had, I mean, it's a, it's a great season um, so far, seven and three. Currently four and three in the conference. You're in a third three-way tie for the third best conference record, um, which there's a big log jam at the top of this conference anyway. Um, and especially with two games to go, we'll kind of see how things play out. But 
the really a great accomplishment is this is the earliest you've reached bowl eligibility since 2007. And everybody who's listening knows how great that season was for KU um, back in 2007. So give us a little bit of insight. Like what are the vibes in Lawrence right now? Um, what really it does appear to be, it's an obvious improvement even from last year. And we could even call last year as kind of a breakout year. So how, how are things feeling in Lawrence right now? Yeah, obviously everyone's pretty hyped up and just thinking about where KU could be in a couple of years just because Lance and the staff haven't been here that long. Um, but it's crazy what winning and losing does. Like if KU wins that game on Saturday against Tech, I think everyone's like, oh, we're going to we're gonna finally beat K-State. Maybe Jason Bean will be back. It'll be a competitive game. Now we lose and now you probably have no chance to make the Big 12 title game. Now we're all expecting the worst, I feel like, um, and probably – expecting Cole Ballard to start at QB or something, but yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, they've lost two really tight games, but I think just the staff making that game competitive on Saturday um, just shows you how good they are. I guess you lose JD's obviously out Bean leaves the game, comes back in, leaves the game again. And then you have a preferred walk on true freshman, keep you in the game late. It's tied should have went to overtime, but they, they end up losing on a last second field goal. So everyone's obviously excited. You guys knew know how bad KU was there for a while, probably the worst program in the country. So it's crazy how quickly they've turned it around. And yeah, like you said, quickest to bowl eligibility and they, um, they locked in a winning season for the first time since then also since 08. And the guy in charge is Lance, Lance Leipold. I mean, when he first came in there, I, you know, he, he kind of is different than everybody else that's been hired under there. It's kind of, they took their time. They got their guy. He received an extension in November. And, you know, the the sign of a good coach is, you know, during midseason, there's always that connection to the midseason firing. And that's that's a new thing at, at KU. You guys got a guy that is wanted. And it shows because of all the stuff you just mentioned. What is what is different about Lance? How I mean, how is he received? And what would it mean to keep him? You know, I, I don't know. I don't even know how old he is, but how would it, how would it be to keep him the long term? I mean, yeah, if they if they end up locking him in forever and he doesn't leave, I think it would be easily one of the biggest days in KU football history. I know Mangino is really good, but we were talking last week, like, and I know it's early, but. I feel like Lance is the best head coach um, KU's ever had football wise. Maybe I'm crazy there, but the turnaround's nuts. I don't know how many people could have done what he's done. He took over, like you said, the previous um, hirings were a lot of big names with Les Miles and um, Charlie Weiss, who was just awful. And then Beatty was just, Beatty was kind of a name that was connected to KU. Um, so it was, wasn't a weird hire, but he was like a receivers coach at AM. And then, yeah, Lance is just a, culture changer program builder and bought in the guys bought in from day one and they just believe they can beat anyone. And KU's kind of proved that this year, Texas kind of blew them out, but that was a really tough situation for KU where JD was supposed to play day of, I guess he wakes out of bed wrong. No idea what's going on with JD. So I guess we can talk about that later. It's driving me nuts. I'm sure you guys have seen it all over Twitter, even with K-State fans. So yeah, it's, I mean, if Lance could stick around, I know there's rumors. Um, obviously there's going to be teams interested. He's that good. And, Travis Goff kind of says like teams being interested in him is better than the alternative. Like, like coaches just continuously getting fired or taking a step back. And so him getting interest from other teams is a good thing, obviously, because KU's finally winning football games. Yeah. That's yeah. That. 
I was going to say we we feel the same way with Tang and last year he was connected to at least national guys were saying, Hey, he should be the guy that's hired at Texas or, or wherever. Um, so it's definitely a good problem to have to golf's point. Yeah. I got, I got abused on Twitter last year for saying Texas should be interested. I didn't think that was like disrespectful or anything. I just thought he was a really good coach and Texas had just lost beard. And I thought maybe they would interview him. I don't think there's anything wrong with interviewing a really good coach. Uh, I went, yeah, when case when K State fans get a hold of something good and you want to take it away from it, I mean it's like it's like you slap their mom or something. So it's it's you can't ever do it. And I mean, but it's the real the reality of the situation. You said it perfectly when when what your AD said. It's the same way with assistance. Assistance can come and go, but that means the program is good. If you're you're losing a bunch of transfer players, that's different. But like. The assistant coaches, the head coaches, that means your program is healthy and you're and you're going in the right direction. Yeah, because we even we even talk about on our podcast, even losing Kotelnicki would be tough. And I think eventually he's going to end up being a head coach somewhere. But yeah, I remember K-State having Huggins um, and Underwood. Or no, 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 not Huggins. They had Frank yeah. Martin and Underwood on the bench with Huggins coaching. So yeah, I remember getting Huggins. I thought K-State was going to be a problem there for a while, but he kind of left. So yeah, I get, I kind of get why K-State fans will get defensive because I think Tang's a really, not only just a good coach, but you guys know he's obviously a really good guy too. Yeah, totally. And we kind of got burnt with uh, with Frank Martin leaving for a, a lesser job, really, out of out of a good season. And and he had a great team that was teed up for that next year, but you, you alluded to it already quarterback situation. We've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter. There's been a lot of rumor mill really the last two months. It's been a lot of rumor mill since that Texas game, you've got Jason Bean, you've got Jalen Daniels, and those have been really the main two guys this season Bean started every game since that Texas game. And, and Daniels has only played in three games this season so far as a result of that back tightness, which was the report, but who knows what all is going on in the backdrop there? You also mentioned, and, and we'll just we'll just say, it, Derek Young is reporting that he could play and still preserve his red shirt if he were to go out and play another game. He would still keep that red shirt. And there have been a lot of rumors about Daniels preserving that red shirt if Leipold were to leave for another job, whether it's Michigan State or an A and M or whatever. But Bean exited that game against Texas Tech, so you've got your first two string quarterbacks down. I guess my first question, you know, we'll, we'll get to Cole Ballard here in a second, but what's the severity of the bean injury? And is there any chance of him playing this weekend? Yeah. So it's a head injury. Um, he got, he got hurt in the first half against, against tech um, kind of, he ran for a first down slid. Um, and that was kind of, that was kind of the worry with, with our fans is we were always kind of on bean for not scrambling or not wanting to take hits kind of running out of bounds. But at the same time, we were like, dude, if he if he does run and gets hurt, we're in trouble. And I think the staff was kind of telling him to probably be careful just because that same thing I just said. So he ended up running, slid, got hurt. And the weird thing was, I don't know if you guys watched the game, but he went into the tent and then he came back. So I don't know why he came back into the game. And then it was fourth and one or two and they ran him. It felt like a QB design run. He ran it and then he was out for the game. So. I, I still question why he was back in the game. Maybe he was just kind of begging to come back into the game. So I, like I said earlier, winning, I was talking about winning and losing football games and I've just been um, just down the last few days about who's going to be our quarterback. Cause I've looked forward to this game. It's been forever since we beat you guys and was hoping Bean would play. It'd be his last game against you guys. 
Um, and so I was just expecting Ballard to play in like the last hour or two. I've been talking to someone kind of close to the program and they, I guess Bean's telling people he's going to play and he's going to be good. So they expect Bean to play now, which I think is crazy because the concussion protocol can be tricky. So I really, I really have no clue if he's going to play, but I've kind of me and the guys on the podcast have kind of just been saying like Cole Ballard's going to play, this game's going to suck. We're going to get blown out, but having a little hope that Bean's going to play um, has me feeling a little better just about the matchup. I think it's going to be an electric day in Lawrence night game. Like I'm really pumped. So if Bean could play, that would be great. And then KU fans really wouldn't have any excuses. So I, I truly hope Bean can go. That would be so awesome. And yeah. is is there any chance we see a Jalen Daniels? Is is that just completely out of the question? Uh, I, I truly don't think so. And I, I don't know what's going on there because he I remember him dressing against UCF. Like he had his pads on. He's sitting there on the sideline. And then I made the trip down to Stillwater and JD's sitting on the sideline. He's got the headset on. He's hyping everyone up. He's talking to Bean. And then he doesn't travel to Ames, which I – I thought that was weird because that's kind of like the same drive, right? Like, or the same duration trip, I guess I'm trying to say. So he goes to Stillwater, but then he doesn't go to Ames. So I guess maybe the back's getting worse. Um, I, Lance said something about a setback or someone said something about a setback, but <clears throat> I know you guys have seen Bryson on Twitter this week. He is, he's going ham with K-State fans. Um, so, oh God, what was I, what was I trying to say there? Um, oh yeah, he's kind of adamant on JD just being done for the year. I don't know. I have really have no clue about the transfer stuff. I, I wish I knew KU's that whole pro- program is so tight lipped and nothing gets out. So I, I just have no idea what's going on. I don't, I don't expect him to play this year. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, and I think that's kind of why K state fans or DY kind of are skeptical because he didn't try, he traveled to Stillwater and then he doesn't travel to Ames. But then I hear, um, during one of the home games, he's in the back watching the game with his family and his family's still flying and traveling the games, even games that he's not playing. And so it's really frustrating because there's a lot of fans that are saying crazy things about him. And I just don't, I don't think it's fair. Um, they're just kind of harping on him and kind of calling him soft and he doesn't want to play that he's quitting on the team. And I don't think anyone actually knows that. So 21 year old kid, I just, I think KU fans should maybe chill out a little bit on him. Yeah, agree, agree completely. And last question on the quarterback side. So, assuming it is Cole Ballard, so or so if Jason Bean doesn't play, assuming it is Cole Ballard, how confident are you in Cole Ballard going into the matchup against K State? Yeah, so like to be honest, I don't know a ton about him. I I think he only had preferred walk on offers um, out of high schools like Iowa. Um, he was trying to go to Wisconsin or something. So yeah, preferred walk on freshman. He made some okay throws um, considering the situation he was thrown into. I mean, a tech team that's desperate. I think you guys know that tech's still a pretty solid team. Um, you guys kind of know your big 12 stuff that you guys played them in Lubbock. It was a decent game. Avery went crazy. Um, but I like that's a desperate team that had to win. They were four and five to make it to a bowl game. I think they still have to play Texas. So Ballard came in and kept us in it. I mean, we were down 10 nothing. We had the ball inside the 20 plenty of times. Went on a drive where we ended up tying it, could have taken the lead. So he made some okay throws considering it was the first game he played in. Um, so I, I really don't know what to expect. It kind of reminds me of the Texas game where they didn't, maybe if they have a week to prepare for Ballard, they'll scheme up some simple throws, some some underneath stuff, and maybe get the running game going, or we just run the Wildcat the entire game with Devin Neal um, and try to 
beat your guys front seven, which would be really tough to do. So I don't know. Like, I just don't know much about him. Maybe a week of Kotal Nicky, just preparing him and getting him ready for a game and knowing that he's actually starting, it could, maybe we'll keep it competitive, but I don't know. Like if you guys were starting a preferred walk on freshman against a team, your dogs against, like, would you feel confident? No, but I mean, <laughs> from what I had seen, I mean, it's, you know, the 99 yard drive when he, literally got thrown out there and i mean he looked he threw some i mean he threw some darts in there and i think the people around him it, the in an environment kind of set him back a little bit but i think he's serviceable especially with the offense that i think matt's about to bring up yeah andy kodonicki um as offensive coordinator he said he's going to try and scheme some stuff up this week um going into last week ku was the 18th best offense and overall offensive efficiency in the country, um, which K-State is actually 17th. So Sunflower State has top 20 offenses um, going against each other this weekend. But rushing the football has been a huge strength. Um, Devin Neal is is a star for KU. Um, no really other way to put it. Um, you know, he's a great weapon for KU. Daniel Hyshaw um, on, in the rushing game as well. Um, you have a couple other names like Lawrence Arnold, Quentin Skinner. Um, those are guys that if K-State fans have watched KU this season, they've heard of, they've seen. Um, so give us some thoughts on not just Devin Neal, but maybe some of these other key guys um, that maybe we should be on the lookout for um, on Saturday night. Yeah, you obviously named mostly, mostly the key guys. I think Luke Grimm's another guy that he's really been like a security blanket on third down for us for the last few years. Just your typical like white slot receiver that's somehow always open on key downs. Um, but yeah, Lawrence Arnold's been so good. He's made a lot of key catches, big time catches. Quentin Skinner's made some of the craziest catches I've seen from a KU receiver this year. And then the offensive line has just improved um, throughout the year. Last year, they were really good, but they've gotten better this year. Um, Dominic Pooney, he should be an NFL NFL lineman. Nowitzki's been really solid, the Buffalo transfer. Um, so yeah, our offensive line's been, I think that's just the staff though. Like the offense just continues to get better no matter who the quarterback is. Jason Bean, um, he's had his ups and downs, but this year he's just been so solid. I think that's just the continuity with the staff learning the playbook. Um, just everyone's so confident and bought in and he's made some great throws. You guys have seen him. He's made some weird decisions too. Um, but he give us a great chance to win. So, yeah, I, I love the offense. I always feel confident. And like you said, Neil and Hyshaw have been great. Devin Neal should play at the next level. Hopefully KU fans get to see him for another year. But the offense is, yeah, like, like you said, as good as anyone. I don't. It's crazy because I feel like we don't really even have the threats on the outside. Like I don't think Lawrence Arnold is the crazy athletic, super fast wide receiver, but they scheme him open and he makes the catches. He's super reliable. So yeah, the offense, offense has been super solid and they've kept KU in every game pretty much. And another guy, I mean, I don't know if anybody mentioned him, but Mason Fairchild, I mean, he kind of got dinged up in that, in that last game. I don't know if he's, it sounds like he's available. He went right back in the game, but that's a, for my money is a top three tied in, in the big 12. He, he did some nice things in the game last year. All these guys that you're mentioning are, basically people that cooked this last year and did some things. Uh, but the defense, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with the defense. The DBs seem legit, but everybody else, it just, it seems like the run defense isn't there this year. Uh, you know, 
I don't know if, what it is. I don't know the defensive coordinator's name. Like, you know, you know everybody on the offensive side, the coaches and stuff like that. But what's going on with the defense this year? And is it something that could, you know, explain the defense to me, basically? Yeah, so the D.C. is Brian Borland. Um, I just – I think the linebackers just don't have – we don't have the personnel really there. You talked about the D, the D-backs. Obviously, Kenny Logan is back for his last year, and then you got Kobe – Kobe Bryant, Melo Dotson. Our pass rush has been okay. I don't know if you guys know Austin Booker very well, but he's the Minnesota transfer. He's been so good. If you guys watch him off the edge on Saturday, I think you guys will be impressed, even though it's tough to get home against your guys' offensive line. Um, they got Devin Phillips. Currently, currently third in the Big 12 in total sacks. He's got six. And, uh, yeah. Third and forced fumbles with two. So he's, he's a stud. He's a dude. It kind of remind he's not on Felix's level, but it reminds me of Felix, where Felix got held so much. I feel like in college, and it was never called. Um, and Booker just gets off the ball so well, and the tackles hold him a lot. They got Devin Phillips, a defensive tackle from Colorado State. Um, Gage Keys from Minnesota, defensive tackle. Um, Craig Young, a linebacker from Ohio State, he can cover. Um, he's solid, but yeah, the defense. Defense honestly has been better than I thought they would be, which is crazy. Um, like the Texas game, they gave up 650 yards. That was tough because we never had the ball. Last week, Texas Tech, I mean, Taj Brooks looked – you guys have seen him. He looked great. In the first quarter, he had over 100 yards rushing, and then Tech's offense didn't do really anything in the second half. So KU's defense has been like bend but don't break, and then they've had a lot of defensive touchdowns. BYU game, we're down three at half. We get a pick six coming out. Um they had uh, Melo Dotson had a pick six in back-to-back games, so yeah, that's that's kind of bailed them out. Um, but I I just really have no confidence in stopping the run because your guys' offensive line is so good, and then you have DJ Giddens who's been great, Trayshawn Ward, the Florida State transfer, and then like like I said, the offensive line. You guys got NFL guys up front every year. It pisses me off. I remember Les Miles is last year. We beat Texas Tech on that crazy fluke field goal, and then you guys came to Lawrence, and it was like a three or four point spread. And we're all fired up. It's finally a sellout. Um, and you guys just ran it on us all game. Skyler killed us. I don't even remember who the running back was. Probably Deuce. I don't know. But it was, it was yeah. But I don't know if you guys remember that, but it literally was like a three or four point spread. And I thought we had a chance. And Carter Stanley looked okay. And then yeah, you guys just kill us up front. So it's tough because I feel like maybe we got to stack the box and try to stop the run. But Will Howard's a really good quarterback. And I think he can beat you um, over the top with Phillip Brooks and it's been really good. So you can stack the box and try to make him beat you. And that's not even a knock on Will Howard. Like I think you almost just have to stack the box and try to stop the running game and see if Will Howard can make throws deep. And if Kobe and Mello can keep the receivers in front, but that's kind of how I feel about the game so far. So wait, that would have been, that would have been 2019, right? At KU. So that wasn't Deuce if it was 29. Brown and yeah. James Gilbert. James Gilbert. Gilbert. Oh, yeah. no, hold on. I thought in the the one in Lawrence, that was Harry Trotter's game. Hey, yeah, I think it was. The, oh, the, I was forgot. The Harry right running back? Yeah. Harry Trotter. And it was, I remember it was 2021 Lawrence. when Deuce burned uh, Gavin Potter on that. Your guy's favorite player. <laughs> we'll never forget that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I'm trying to look when that game was. Yeah, Carter's senior year would have been 2019, so – yeah, that yeah. was in that was in Lawrence. I think that was Harry Trotter, or maybe it was Gilbert. But it, Harry Trotter was on that team. But, but it, it was it was a thirty-eight to ten final, and yeah, I think it was it was like a three-point spread. Yeah, Harry Trotter had a nine-yard touchdown. Um, 
He had oh, 92 man. yards rushing. Skyler had 127. Yeah, you guys had Joe Irvin. He was solid. Oh, yeah. Gosh, Joe Irvin. Irvin. That's right. <laughs> Skyler had 127 rushing yards. The guy. Wow. The wow. legend. <laughs> Rush defense. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Nah, so, uh, <laughs> go, what? Go ahead. No. I was going to say, now his talented ass is sitting behind Tua. Yes. Skyler yeah. threw the ball 16 times that day. Nine completions. <laughs> All they had to do is line up and just kill us up front. I want to know. He started a playoff game. This, but this is an anticipated matchup. No matter what the quarterback situation is, I mean, yeah. when was the last time we went into a sunflower showdown, if I could call it that? You know, both seven and three with the exact same record. This is just. This could have been the game, like to be like this is like '90s level competition of KUK State. And I, I think it's we're underselling it a little bit. Like it still could be, you know, the game of you know for a long time because it's been 15 years. But this could be the one. Yeah, I would say like 2019. But I feel like we, like KU fans and K State fans, didn't really know what KU was at that point. I mean, it was early in Les's tenure, which wasn't very long. Um, but that it was just an inconsistent year. Like I remember they played they played Boston College, beat them, but then they come home and lose um i think it was to like west virginia or something but we we just didn't know what ku was now i feel like ku's kind of solidified at least as a good football team um they're obviously in the college football rankings last week i don't know if they will be anymore but they i think they've shown stability the last two years i don't know really if you guys agree last year was kind of inconsistent we would get blown out this year it feels like they're in every game besides the Texas game, which they were down six with two minutes left in the third quarter. You were in it in the first half for sure. Yeah. down We had the ball third and inches at midfield down by six late in the third. Texas had 650 yards, but yeah, JD, they didn't, they couldn't even prepare for beans. So I think we know KU's at least a solid football team. You guys are really good, obviously, too. So yeah, it's got to be the most anticipated since probably Mangino, just because since then, this is definitely the best team KU's had since then. So I don't know. Like 2007. I'm thinking um, yeah. because it was early on in Big 12 play, KU wasn't ranked, but K-State was like 25th or something like that. But Josh KU, Freeman. yeah, yeah to that, uh, Jordy Nelson was on that team. But I remember that being an anticipated matchup. Um, and KU beat us at, at home in, in Manhattan. So, um, and obviously had a much better season in 2007 than we did. So, um that I, you're right. I, there, it, it's always a, a, an anticipated game, like for everybody. But I think this has the most like marbles at the center of the table this year than we've seen in in many years since 1995, also, really. Because 95, yeah, that was that was a number 14 K State team going into a number six KU, which is kind of kind of wild to think about. KU was undefeated going into that matchup, and K State's only loss was to a number two Nebraska team. And I want to get this in before we get into these listener questions. Like, where do you, where do you prefer the game? Because you just mentioned like the Les Miles uh, team, where it was anticipated, but you didn't really know what the team is. Later in the season, you kind of know exactly where your team is, but it could also you know trip you up to where it's not a very anticipated game. Where do you prefer this game at on the schedule? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have a preference. I guess I I do like it late in the year. Um, Me too. Just, just because it's obviously a rivalry. Um, it's kind of like rivalry week this week, isn't it? Kind of all the teams play each other. I don't know. I heard yeah. that earlier. But, I yeah, you see where you're at. I guess K-State's so well coached. Um, 
and their depth so good that yeah, towards the end of the year, they're especially when it gets cold out um, and you can just run the ball and they're so good in the trenches. I think that makes K State gets better as the year goes on. You saw that last year too. You guys lost. I forget who you guys lost to early in the year, but you guys lost to Mizzou this year and everyone was kind of out on K-State, it felt like. And then I think the Big 12 title hopes, once you guys lost to Oklahoma State, everyone's like, Oklahoma State sucks. And then Oklahoma State beats powerhouse KU. They beat Oklahoma. They beat they beat someone else. They rattled off a bunch of wins. Ollie Gordon was just going nuclear. They went five in a row. They went five in a row. But that was so. a weird, weird Friday night game for you guys. Um, Will Howard didn't play well, but it felt like your guys' Big 12 title hopes were like gone. And then now I, I don't know where you guys stand or what would have to happen. I don't know what you guys have said about it, but you guys have a legit chance, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. If if Texas loses a game and if we win out, OU wins out and Oklahoma State wins out, we would be in Arlington. And if all if, four teams yeah. went out, we yeah. would also be there somehow. Who do you guys play next week? Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa State. It's in the, Manhattan. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. The, the, the tiebreakers is weird because I think it goes to like, if it's a three-way tie, be, we're getting in the weeds, but the three-way tie between Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State, it goes to like a certain amount of tiebreakers because, I mean, it it's just so weird. It goes to like the thir- fourth tier tiebreaker. And if Texas loses, as long as we went out, it's automatic because then there's like Texas didn't play Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. You know, it's just weird. Just weird I, don't talk, I don't want to talk about it. I would certainly be locked into this Big 12 race and I'd probably have the answers if we would have won Saturday. I had one of my K-State friends was telling me that it didn't matter that we lost. I was like, I mean, we would have been tied for second with an outside chance and Oklahoma State lost. So K, this case KUK State game would have been God the biggest and no, we already said it's the that. biggest, but yeah, KU would have been. Still you guys would have been controlling your own destiny because you would have had a win over OU, and you know it's it yeah. would have been yeah. I just couldn't figure out the KU Oklahoma State tiebreaker because they beat us and they're still at two. I just have a weird feeling they're going to lose again. I think they kind of got exposed Saturday. Or you just Who? make Ollie uh, Oklahoma State because oh, they're at two. They're at two Big Twelve losses, right? UCF yeah, we don't, uh, as a K State fan, we don't want them losing. We, we don't want them, we need them to win. Or or they lose out. If they lose out, that also works in our favor. <laughs> There's no way. Does it? <laughs> There's no yeah. way. I just if Wouldn't KU it? if KU would have won Saturday, I would have somehow convinced myself by Saturday that we can beat you guys. But we would have <laughs> had I mean, we would have been in it. We would have been a game back. We would have been tied for second with you guys, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Whoever else, I think even maybe Iowa State's in there. I don't know, but there's a there would have been a huge tie. But yeah, the I just I can't handle the losses at Oklahoma State and the loss this Saturday. Like they should have, I really feel like they should have won one of those games. But yeah, the Big Twelve, I think the Big Twelve title game is definitely out of reach for KU. But I think at least they're competing with some of the better teams in the league. Absolutely, and and I think that says a lot for what Lance has done as as a program builder there. Um, I, I'm just it's 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 cool in a lot of ways to see KU elevated to the level that they are because this matchup means it means something in football now. Whereas for a long time, it it was really just another game on the schedule. I think for a lot of K state fans in a lot of ways. Um, So we're going to get into our listener questions, but we do, uh, we do have a quick receipt poll. So one thing that we've, that we've done on a couple podcasts here is pulling receipts from, from past tweets. And and really it was our (laughs) guest that did it. Uh, And he old takes exposed the three of us. 
Um, but here's the good news. I couldn't find anything. <laughs> You've been really respectable about K-State like 95% of the time. So good news for you there. But um, I just wanted to pull up two <laughs> two tweets specifically. So the first Nervous. one, on 420, 2012, you tweeted, quote, Oh, Who's boy. a better coach, Turner Gill or Ned Yost? I just want to I just want to unpack that one real quick because Ned Yost ended up winning World the Champion World Series, but he did in 2012. Kind of suck. Well, didn't Turner Gill win a national championship at KU? Did he? No. Um, <laughs> he was good at Nebraska as a quarterback, but yeah. Oh my! Yeah. I peak Royals fandom back then when Hosmer and Moose and all those guys were getting yeah. called up and I. We remember calling it Yosted every time before we started winning. Like that was such a big thing. So, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I so many of those games were were Yosted situations. Yeah, but yeah, they almost they ended up winning a title. They shit, they almost won two. So he's probably the best manager in Royals history, or at least up there with. Oh yeah, Hauser. Yeah, right up there with Hauser for sure. Uh, but it didn't look like that in 2012. We'll we'll say that for sure. <laughs> And then the other one, this is another 2012 tweet. So this oh my was another, God. just like a, a K-State related thing. 18-year-old B-turn. That's scary. <laughs> March 26, 2012. A moment of great wisdom from you. Quote, Frank Martin is a clown in all caps, man. K-State was going to have a pretty nice team next year. Parentheses. Still could. And he leaves for South Carolina. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And then we ended up winning, you know, co-champions of the big 12 that following year. So that was, that was a moment of great clarity for you. 18 year old Braden. Hey, didn't we, didn't we talk about that kind of towards the start, how he left yeah. South Carolina? Yeah. I, Frank was just really intense. I, I still remember him as an assistant, just going nuts on the sideline. And then he was the same dude as a head coach. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's a, he is a good coach. So I don't, I don't know where I was going there. And I don't even – what year was – did you guys still have Rod then? Rodney uh, Magruder? We we uh, have Magruder, Shane Southwell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Shane was okay. good. Curtis Kelly. Jordan Henriquez. Was Curtis there. Oof. Uh, okay. So we got another listener quester from King Joel. Shout oh, out boy. to my boy, Joel. Uh, he boy. might be blocked by every KU account ever. Uh, he said, are you giving out free tickets again? If so, he'll take two to pack the booth. It's I, I was about to tweet earlier, like if I had a dollar for every time I've been asked by people for tickets for this game on Saturday, I it's insane. Like Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, texts, everything. I've, I've probably been asked by at least 50 people. Um, and that's probably a good thing. It's a highly anticipated matchup. Tickets are really expensive. I think they're like 150 bucks or something. It's sold out pretty early. Um, but I don't I don't know why I get um dogged on for giving away free tickets like this has been a thing going on for a couple months now i saw one of k-state's assistant basketball coaches tonight tweeting that he would retweet and give people tickets like i don't it's like giving family families that aren't able to do stuff like this tickets and like going out of the, so me and Vern and bry kind of get dogged on for it i don't know why but it it is kind of funny and yeah joel's on my ass a lot on there i don't i don't have him blocked i don't block too many people some are blocked but yeah he's always on my ass somehow on there um all right from at kansas.com great twitter handle uh outside of twitter so what should a normal person be thinking about the jalen daniels situation 
I know because we kind of we kind of laid it out earlier because I get where people are coming from about the transfer stuff. It's just weird because first off, you're trying to go pro eventually. Like I don't I don't know if people view JD as an NFL prospect like a shoe in, but he obviously was big toll preseason player of the year when you have Quinn Ewers who's going to go in the first round, Dylan Gabriel, Will Howard who just won a Big 12 title. Um so it doesn't make sense that you would skip out on matchups against Texas and Oklahoma, two top 10 teams where you can raise your stock. They were undefeated going into the Texas game. That would have been a massive game for whatever he wants to do going forward. So I don't, I just, I don't get why he would like fake an injury to transfer and then you lose another. I know you'd get a year back um, for redshirting, but then you're just getting another year older. And then JD's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but what has he really done to prove to these big time schools that he like to throw a bag at him? Like it's kind of been an NIL thing where people think he's going to leave. Like what has he done to prove like for a USC to come get him? I know he's from Cali, but wouldn't USC or these other big schools have like really good quarterbacks and maybe he would have to go compete for a job. So maybe it's risky for him because he has, he'll definitely be the starter next year for KU um, and the injury thing isn't really a new thing. He was injured last year, but yeah, I get it because he, like I said, Stillwater, he's there. Ames, he's not. Now he was wearing his pads. Now he doesn't even wear the pads. There's no chance for him to play. So like, why was he wearing the, wearing pads for like emergency situations? And now maybe his back somehow got worse without really doing anything. So I, I mean, it puts my brain in a pretzel and it sucks because last year they're five and oh with TCU who played the national title game. He gets hurt. And then this year they're 4-0. He doesn't play. So it's like makes me wonder what could have been. I'm not saying they would have made the playoff or anything crazy like that, but maybe they maybe they have a better chance to go to the Big 12 championship this year. If he's playing against you guys, maybe we can finally get over the hump and beat you guys. So it kind of sucks because we never really got to see how good he could be if this is the end for him at KU. I I truly have no idea. Like the, I, I can tell you the players don't even know. The people around the program don't know. They keep it that tight-lipped. Vern, I don't know if you guys are a fan of Mike Vernon, but he seems to be right a lot to me, um, and he can't figure anything out. Bry has kind of got some heat this week, but he's he's very well-connected in the football building. I don't know if you guys agree, but he's he is right a lot, and he, he can't really figure it out besides that he's out for the year. So I just I have no clue. You bring up a great point, though, of the if you transfer, you're competing for a job. It could be like a Spencer Sanders situation where you transfer to an SEC or, or a big time, big time, quote unquote, program and you end up losing the starting job. And it's kind of like, why? Why did you even do it to begin with? Um, so that that's just a great point and, and something to think about there. Yeah. And like my my last point about that, too, is it's not like KU's like the laughing stock anymore. And he can't right. like he can't raise his stock here and he's not put in a good situation by the coaching staff. Like KU's been ranked back to back years. They play in these primetime games um, on national television against ranked teams. So, yeah, maybe they're offering a big bag to go somewhere. But I don't, why wouldn't you sit here and play in these big anticipated matchups, try to raise your stock? And then, hell, even if you want to transfer, you go. You still have another year left to go play somewhere. So I, I just can't really figure it out. And I do get what people see um, with him potentially transferring. Like the signs are kind of there. So it's, it's just weird. It is weird for sure. Uh, so we've got another listener question. This comes from Will Dubois at Dubois Theorem, our good friend. What are your expectations for Saturday, both hopeful and just being realistic? 
Yeah, I just the QB situation is really throwing me off because it's the, it would be the first true start, obviously, for Cole Ballard in a rivalry game against a really well-coached team and a solid defense. So I just I don't know how I could go into that game confident with him in there. Um, and I've said for a month or so, probably over a month, you can ask the guys on the pod. I just don't I don't like this matchup at all. I think K State could. Texas is really good, so that's probably crazy. But K State could be the toughest matchup for us because we can't stop the run, and we love to run it. And you guys are able to stop the run. So from both sides of the ball, it kind of worries me. Um, you guys are so good up front, especially on offense. I know BB or whatever he'll be a pro. They got multiple guys up there. I forget their names, but. I just don't like the matchup. I think K-State's going to run it all game. If we do stack the box, I think Will Howard is capable of making the throws. He's done it for a while now. I I really am proud of that dude. I think he got a lot of heat from some people, and he's rise to the occasion last year. You obviously saw that big told title game. Um, so, yeah, you can stack the box, and then he can beat you. Um, I guess maybe just getting out to a quick start. Last year, that was kind of – I remember talking to you guys last year about the game. And you guys had huge implica implications. You guys had to beat us to make the Big 12 title game. So I I had my hopes up that maybe you guys would come out slow or maybe the nerves and KU comes and gets a three and out on defense and our defense was terrible. And then we muffed the punt at the one yard line and then it's pretty much over from there. KU kind of strung together some drives to make it somewhat competitive, but it'd be nice to put a shock into K, into K State, maybe go score, get out to a lead or maybe get to a point where K-State K can't just ground and pound. So I don't know. If Bean plays, I think we have a chance. I don't know where you guys feel about this matchup, but I'd love to hear it. I, I think if Bean plays, the offense will be able to at least string together some drives, and the game can be somewhat competitive. But I don't think you can have your hopes up with a preferred walk-on freshman at quarterback. Man, I I could give my thoughts right now, but that's for another podcast, and I'll let yeah. you listen to that if you want. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but I would. Uh, uh, Will Dubois, he's he's coming in hot. I mean, he's got one. It rattled my brain a little bit, so it made me think for a second, and I still don't know have have an answer for it. The win streak for K State is longer. <laughs> what the hell? The win streak for K State is longer than the all time deficit. Which gives first the streak end or the all time flip? So like the series, right? Yeah. Where he's saying we've, I mean, we've won every matchup since what? Oh nine, oh eight, oh nine. Yeah. And that's fourteen years. Fifteen years. Four, or fifteen years, and it's a fourteen year deficit, I think, for the all time record, or fifteen years, depending on which team is reporting it, because there's a there's a dispute on the nineteen eighty <laughs> matchup or the nineteen eighty one matchup, whatever it was. So, so he's basically is, he's saying like would K State tie the series up before KU beats K State? Right. Yeah. So he's basically What's asking, the, he's asking, are we going to win twenty nine straight? <laughs> no, he's asking. I'd be dead. Is it would be fourteen straight or fifteen straight? What's the deficit at? Like, what's the all time series? I think it's fifty to sixty four. Is that it, or or is it way more than that? It's sixty five to fifty. Okay. So state would have to win forty nine, depending on or wait, 50, we'd have to win fifteen more years, basically. I mean, row. if KU can't beat you guys within the next fifteen years, I don't, I don't know if I'll be here anymore. Like, I just, <laughs> that'd be that'd be thirty straight years, thirty straight losses. I, I mean, if Lance stays, I would hope. I would. I don't think. I don't expect us to win Saturday. I wouldn't expect us to win next year in Manhattan. Maybe a couple of years in Lawrence, but. 
freaking Avery is going to be around for a while. And that's going to be so annoying. Um, he's so good. I love that kid, but I would hope that Lance can beat K state while he's here. I don't know if Lance is going to stay or leave. I really have no idea. I mean, a lot of schools could come try to poach him, but I would, I would hope KU can get on K state's level. Eventually. I don't know if you guys think that's crazy, but I, I mean, KU, they beat Oklahoma. They're, they were sitting in the top 16 of the playoff rankings. So maybe in a couple of years when it's all Lance's guys um, and hopefully keeps killing it in the transfer portal that we can kind of be on your guys' level um, and hopefully beat you guys within the next 15 years. That'd it's always, cool. it's always confused me why KU is not, you know, good at football. You know, the, the athletic budgets there, you know, I mean, the stadium and the facilities was always kind of a hindrance for a little bit, but you know, with I don't know the stadium renovation situation, what that's going to be or when that's going to be. But I mean, the the footprint has been laid, and you know, if the, if KU is good for a like like a seven and five team for ever, you know, that's only positives for the rivalry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got one of the best basketball programs in the country, and then if you could just have a football team that goes to a bowl game every year, that would be, that'd be ideal. We've been saying that for a while now. I think we're there as long as Lance stays. I, I feel like they should win most of their non-con games and then go around 500 in the league and hopefully make a bowl game every year. Maybe, I mean, you guys know Texas and OU are leaving. So maybe KU and K-State can kind of be, and probably Utah, honestly, be the top dogs in the big 12. Oh, I don't want to talk about them. Uh. <laughs> Assholes. Uh, okay, Will Dubois, one last question. Uh, Utah fans are going to hear that from me, too. I'm excited to have Utah in the conference. It'll be good. Uh, anyway. It's too late. They've clipped it. Nice They've people. <laughs> no, nice people. Nice people. Uh, Will has one more question. Do you know why our podcast has this name or are assumptions being made? I feel like you guys explained it to me last year. Maybe you didn't. Um, but I do love the intro about like doing blow to come on here. That's kind of electric, but I don't know. You might've explained it to me last year. Maybe not. I don't, there's I don't no assumptions. I love the name. I don't know if we did or if we did it. Bob, you can, you can show it in the back. It's basically named after this, this logo right here. The, the okay. coked out, coked out looking Willie, but that's on your guys' Twitter, isn't it? The yeah. Abby. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Something or another. Um, I, so just a couple last questions before we let you go. I do want to talk a little basketball. Um, this upcoming conference season is going to be very exciting. You, we have four really good. Okay. We have one really good addition um, from a basketball perspective in Houston. You have a program in BYU who has been a, a good program historically. Um but thinking about this upcoming basketball season, KU obviously number one right now in, in I think both polls. Um, what are I, I mean? What are your expectations for this season? Knowing that you're going to have a Houston team who's going to be in the top ten, you have teams of course like Baylor, Texas. Um, what What are your expectations this season? And and for myself, I mean, do you think this is a the best chance KU has had to win a national championship starting like right now in November for, for years. 
Yeah, yeah, I was going to say they won one two years ago. I don't know if you forgot that. But yeah, start of the, no, start of the year. I get it. Yeah, yeah start of the year. I, I would have said probably 2017 um, with Frank, Devontae. They got Josh Jackson late, which was huge. Svee, um, LeGerald. So yeah, they had like four. They started like four NBA guards. So probably since then, if not before then, probably like 2010. Um, Sharon senior year, Cole Aldridge, Tyshawn, the twins, um, all them. So, and Xavier Henry, but yeah, the big I, Houston's obviously a great addition. Kelvin Sampson's a great coach. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched Baylor, but Jacoby Walter is nasty. Um, I love, I talked about Tyler Perry. Is that his name? The North Texas transfer. Yeah. Love him. Um, Kaluma hopefully buys in or he's going to keep faking injuries um who god who else i like cam carter um god if you guys would have got amos that would have been huge but he's at texas so they they should be solid rodney perry's a pretty good coach hmm. i'm trying to think who else but yeah ku i mean they have a legit big and obviously bill runs his offenses through a big i think it's the most perfect fit in the country seven two can shoot it probably 35 40 percent from three i would expect this year mcculler somehow came back still can't believe it um, Dewan is really solid. Um, so yeah, they, I mean, they have a chance. They, they do every year. Bill's never been worse than a four seed. So I think he always gives you a chance. I think he's the best coach in the country. So they'll have a chance to go deep. You guys know how tough the tournament is though. It's one and done. You have a bad night or you run into a buzzsaw. Um, one night team goes off, you're done. Like Villanova in the 2018 final four, they scored a hundred points on us. It's like, there's nothing you can do. They set a final four record for threes in the first half. So it's really tough, but the big 12 is always really solid. There's a bunch of good coaches. I think it's even better now with Kelvin, like Tang's really good. Texas's coach is really good. You got bill Scott Drew's really solid. God, who else am I forgetting? I think even guys like Porter Mosier and Boynton are good coaches. I think McCaslin will be good at tech. You're going to play a very different style of basketball, really slow, but McCaslin's going to be pretty good there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always excited for big 12 hoops. I mean, any game on the road is a fun environment and tough to win anywhere on the road in the league. Okay. I got one last thing before we get your, I don't know if you're doing a score prediction if you want, but uh, we're, we're basically playing video games now. Turn the injury filter off. (laughs) You're I want to know for football and basketball is that where's this team rank? I know that the foot. I know the basketball team ain't proved nothing yet, and you got you got rings and shit to prove it. But where where do they rank? Where? Do, sorry, I'm I'm kind of confused on the question. For for football and shut up, Matt. You saying like and time? Yeah. Oh, you're saying this basketball team and football team? You know, like because I mean, you guys are seven and three, so yeah, football. I mean, football. Like I was saying, it's got to be the best team since 08 before then. I'm not even sure. I mean, Mangino, Mangino was always solid. Uh, KU, I mean, they, they were tough. It was tough early on, but they made some bowls. So, I mean, it's probably what the second or third best team in my life. I don't remember much of the nineties or early two thousands. I was a kid. So, and then basketball, I think that's so hard. I mean, every like 07, 08, 10, 11, even like Wiggins team, that team was so talented with Embiid and Frank. And so I don't know. I mean, they're, they're preseason one, so they got to be up there and they're, they're super talented. Everyone came back and they're really experienced. So 
it's got to be, I mean, one of Bill's top, at least top five preseason teams. I know that's kind of a wide spectrum, but I think just with having that big, like Hunter's going to be a 20 and 10 guy, I would assume, because he's going to get fed so much. I like it. I like it. I didn't really give you a great we're, answer. It's no, just we're, gonna, we're like when they win the natty or whatever, we're going to clip this and, you know, we're going to tag you in it and you're going to be, it's going to do numbers. So. It's, it's just tough. Cause like, Oh eight was really, but Oh seven was pretty much the same team as Oh eight, but they had Julian, Wright. So they just had so many good teams. 2010 was loaded 11 with the twins 13. They had Macklemore, Elijah, Relaford, Withy, um, like 16, 17, 18, Frank Devontae, Wayne Selden, Josh Jackson, all those. So I don't know. Like 2020 was a really good team. Some people think that's our one of our best teams ever. They lost like two or three regular season games, and then the tournament got canceled. So I guess it's kind of a preference thing. Yeah, I that question was like a three out of ten. I don't I don't know. I, I thought don't. it was all right. <laughs> My brain was in a pretzel there for a second. <laughs> We're asking all sorts of brain pretzels. What the hell? Hey, we figured it out. The last, the last question that I have before we get to score prediction is with, with a top five team in Arizona who just came off of a massive win against Duke and a Colorado basketball team with Tad Boyle, who's, who's kind of on the rise, Arizona State and Utah, we can, we can just more or less forget about them. Arizona fired Arizona State fired their AD today, so who knows what they're doing? Utah fans, but, clip that part. Don't clip what I said. Clip that part. Utah is a poverty program in basketball, and they suck ass, and they'll never be worth anything, especially in a stacked Big Twelve. But outside of that, what are your thoughts on that twenty twenty four and beyond Big Twelve in basketball specifically, uh, with the additions that we've made from the Pac twelve? Yeah, I didn't even think about all those all those teams. Obviously, Arizona, Arizona State, but Tommy Lloyd's a really good coach. Obviously, a two seed in the tournament last year, lost to Princeton, Princeton, but yeah, came from Gonzaga. I think he's one of the better coaches in the country. We love him. Um, yeah, and Tad Boyle, uh, former Jayhawk. Um, so yeah, and then Prime will be in the Big Twelve too, maybe unless he's gone by then. But that's kind of wild to think about. I didn't. I literally didn't even think about Colorado in the league. Yeah, he might be getting that bag from from A and M for all we know. If if they, if they end up not going with Lance, but we'll see. Uh, but I mean, that does it for all of our questions that we've got for you. Hit us, hit us with your score prediction, and then plug whatever you want to wherever you want to. You meant to say Chris instead of Lance, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, I did. Um, I'll go. We'll see. Let's say Jason Bean plays. I'll go. I'll go thirty-one twenty K State. I think the run game will be a little too much for us. Probably be playing from behind. Maybe Bean can make the throws. Um, I feel like your guys' defense has improved throughout the year. I said you guys always improve throughout the year. So makes sense. I feel like maybe the second your guys' secondary was kind of struggling to start the year, right? Um, so maybe yeah. maybe we can get your secondary. It'll be tough to run it, and that's what we kind of want to do. So maybe if we have some success running it with Neil and Heishaw, the passing game will open up. Um, I just I'd love a competitive game. And like I said, I love the the start time. 6 p.m. We'll have all day in Lawrence. Um, I don't know if you guys are going, but I would I'd love it if you guys stopped by the tailgate right outside the stadium. Beautiful Memorial Stadium, the nicest stadium in the Big 12. Uh, can't wait for the new stadium. But yeah, feel free to stop by. I'm pumped about the game time. 11 a.m. kickoffs just suck. You guys know that, but 
yeah, I'm pumped about the game time. Hopefully it's competitive and I'm, I'm obviously excited if, if our walk on freshman QB is starting, I might not go, but we'll see. <laughs> well, Matt, Matt's typically the one that's traveling for games. If he's, if he's going to him out of, out of the three of us, but sounds like, sounds like, looks like he's not going, but can't make it. Can't make appreciate it. the offer. The next, the next time K K stays playing in Lawrence, I'll, I'll have to hit you up for that. Yeah. Or we can have a big meeting in Manhattan next year. Totally. Totally. And Jalen Daniels is a starting quarterback and Avery Johnson <laughs> transfers to USC. <laughs> we'll oh, see about God. that. We'll see about that. Also, don't forget to plug, plug whatever you want. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, um, I have a KU podcast we've been doing since 2019 um, called ain't no seats podcast. It's ain't no seats pod on Twitter or X. Um, and then I'm B Turner two, three KU or K state fans probably don't want to follow me. Joel, feel free to go follow me if you're listening to this and troll me all day um, and trigger me. So, yeah, I don't, KC fans probably won't want to follow me, but um, trolls me. You said it. I try to keep it respectful. I don't really have a ton of hate towards K State. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy the rivalry. And I think you guys have two pretty badass head coaches in the two main sports. So, it'll be exciting times going forward. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And well, we, we appreciate you coming on again, second year in a row, definitely follow Braden because if you are a chiefs fan, like the three of us are great chiefs content as well. Uh, but for all of us here at cocaine, Willie, thanks for listening to the show on your podcast feeds or watching us on YouTube. Do us a favor. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, leave us a five-star rating and follow the show. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. Even if you're not a K state fan, we've got great content across the big 12 and across college football and basketball. Uh, but follow the show on Twitter or Instagram or follow us individually. I'm at Bob Trollsby. Fireball Matt is at Matt Marchesini. Uh, and Chef is at Chef Andre Napier. Chef. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, baby. We are all coke and no joke. Wildcat country. Let's ride. Let's fucking ride. Let's go. <laughs>